Hello and welcome to the Rogue Monkey Podcast. My name is Kevin Pickards. If this is your first experience of the show, make sure you hit subscribe and head over to our website to sign up for exclusive podcast listener insights. We've had some great messages over the last few weeks following our first two episodes of Season 4 with Sarah and Nick. So thank you so much for the feedback and please keep it coming in. This week we speak to two entrepreneurs who have been on a mental health journey and are hugely passionate about sharing the lessons learned along the way. Men's mental health is an area that historically has had a stigma associated with it. And Davey and Rob in our discussion explored their experiences of mental health and how their journey has ended up creating an exciting and innovative venture, the Legacy Partnership. So, let's get moving with episode 27 of the Rogue Monkey podcast, The Wolf Mindset, a discussion with Dr. Davey Hoops and Mr. Rob Sanders, founders of the Legacy Partnership. Hello, gents. How are we doing? Very good, thank you. Yeah, good, man. Thanks for having us. Yeah, well, thanks for coming on. I've done a, a short introduction um, for our listeners and viewers out there, but if you can give us a little bit of an introduction to yourselves, so if we start with Rob. Ooh, oh, I thought it was, oh, it's Davey normally gets started with. Oh, caught me off. <laughs> All right, so, yeah, so uh, got the full kind of story about sort of where, where we're at to now and things, or? Yeah, that sounds great. It's uh, for it. certainly a story worth sharing. Yeah, let's go for it, go for it. So anyway, guys, yeah, so listeners, I'm Rob, um, part of the Legacy Partnership, as well as Davey. So my backstory, obviously, we do a lot of work around men's mental health and things, but I started in the fitness industry for about, for, I mean, sort of in the fitness and wellness industry now for about 17 years or so, uh, maybe a bit longer. Um, and as a personal trainer, sports therapist, run a Thai boxing gym as well. Um, I had my own sort of issues around mental health and things with when my dad died. So that was a big part of part of something for me. Um, and David and I, we have kind of different stories around our own mental health journeys and kind of what led us to sort of to where we are now. But with me, it was more I was that typical stereotypical male that happened, ignored it, acted as if nothing had happened. I'm fine. I'm I'm a man, I don't have any problems, um, all these stupid things that we like to try and tell ourselves and we feel like we should believe. Um, and then it wasn't until later on down my sort of journey around the sort of, kind of the mental health sort of stuff. I was going through my own coaching and um, sort of NLP and CBD, all these sort of different therapies and things. And it wasn't until my coach sort of turned around to me, he was like, you do know you're, you're suffering with like depression and things like that. Because um, I was avoiding seeing clients, seeing friends, all these stupid things. And I've always been lucky. I've had jobs that I've absolutely loved and always loved to do. But when you're not turning up for them or you're trying to cancel things and making up these stupid reasons, you know, there's big warning signs there, you know, you're trying to hide away in your house and stuff like that. Um, so, yes, it wasn't me going through my own sort of coaching journey then wanting to know more about mindset, all these different things. Obviously, I mentioned the fitness side to it. Um, I worked with fighters and stuff like that. So mindset and things anyway just fascinated me um, and everything about sort of human body and anatomy and all these sort of things. Um, so I wanted to know more, went on to be internationally qualified coach, NLP practitioner, Moved up to the northeast where I met the other one, Davey, and uh, <laughs> kind of realised we was going on the same sort of path and journey and had the same values and what we wanted in terms of um, and how we wanted to help people and things and then decided to make the, the legacy partnership. 
So, and that brings us to now. <laughs> awesome. Well, we'll explore the legacy partnership in a sec, but Davey, if you can just give us an insight into your journey to this point. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, similar to Rob, um, mental health issues, which is, is where this kind of business all came from. So back in J- July 2017, I was essentially my, <laughs> my dream job. And uh, I was, you know, delighted to, to be in that role, was made redundant. And that essentially sent me on this, this spiral, this downward spiral. So um, I ate my way to oblivion, essentially. So over the next six months, I um, kind of was, was feeling really low and didn't want to leave the house and essentially just eat everything to deal with those emotions. So I put on 70 pounds um, in that kind of four or five months, which obviously is a, a heck of a lot of body fat to gain, um, was clinically diagnosed with, with depression and um, had to take medication and was was really just locked in the house, and you know went through uh, went through that kind of six months of 2017 and in really quite a dark place. And then um, you know I always tell the story when we were sitting around kind of the uh, around Christmas time 2017, I got given this T-shirt by my mother-in-law. You know as we do swap presents, and I opened this T-shirt and it was a. Uh, I can't. I, I can never tell what size it was, but it was an XL with three more X's. So it was like a, a quadruple XL or a triple XL. And I've kind of held this T-shirt up and thought, you know what? Nice T-shirt, thank you. But I'm never ever going to wear this T-shirt. That was kind of my wake-up call, almost my 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 kind of my um, my awakening. And then the, the funny part of that story is kind of fast forward 15 minutes when we're around the Christmas table having dinner. I uh, had this shirt on that was so tight. It was, um, it, there, there was a danger that the, uh, the buttons were going to ping off and hit my father-in-law in the face. So I had to actually go and change and get, put this, this massive t-shirt on. And, uh, I, and then I was like, right, well, this is the only time I'm ever going to wear it. So, uh, so, so got through Christmas, got through new year and then, um, kind of learned, learned about mindset, tried to understand, you know, the, the good things that I still had in my life, found new purpose, lost 70 pounds, um, came off medication and you know started the legacy partnership with Rob and uh, yeah like like we say we've uh, started to do some really good things and start to help lots of lots of good people in similar positions so so yeah all all's really good with with my world now which is obviously uh, you know really really cool that's awesome well thanks both for giving us such an honest insight into kind of your journeys to this point i'm kind of keen to unpick because we've got these two like very individual journeys but seem to be kind of heading in the same direction and now kind of working collaboratively what does that look like tell us about this partnership where the concept came about and then what it is you guys actually do now don't know who wants to go first i think rob does i knew he's, I knew he's <laughs> gonna say this <laughs> um so yeah so <laughs> The content, actually, I'll tell I'll tell you about the because uh, we've got we've got a few things that we do. We've got different stuff. We've worked obviously corporate athletes, um, and then around the um, I'll become the wolf sort of mastermind and the the movement. We've kind of started with that, which is a men's health one. So I'll tell you about the movement, and I'll let Davey do the partnership bit because he exp- he explains it a lot better than me. So <laughs> I like the way he explains it. So the movement one, it was uh, it was around obviously to do with men's mental health. It's thing that we started. It's hashtag become the wolf. It came from um, an actual story, which is from Davey's one of his stories around when he was he's got a big black German shepherd, and 
Prussians known as a black dog. Um, you're getting a visit from the black dog and things like that. And as he was out sort of walking, uh, there's a little girl or uh, people always kind of say, oh, look, look, daddy, there's a wolf, there's a wolf. And then he kind of wanted to reframe it, which is a technique that we we use quite a lot in coaching and that kind of um, that sort of world of things about changing things into more of like a trying to get a positive spin around sort of an event or something that might be going on. And you sort of change it to, well, instead of getting a visit from the black dog, why don't we change this to a wolf and try and turn it into more of an empowering thing um, to work around sort of depression, anxiety, mental, mental health and things. So then that's what we wanted to, that's what we went with. Um, and then we started the concept around the Become the Wolf movement, which we get people to just add the, the hashtag into their bios and things like that, just to kind of show that support. Um, and it's taken off really well. There's a lot of, we get a lot of people saying they really resonate with the, the whole sort of wolf mindset over that kind of black dog turning up and things so yeah it's been it's been great it's been really good i think mean, i think mean, yeah and I, I think just to build on that rob that you know when men get a visit no no one wants to be visited by the black dog to be to be labeled that they are depressed to be um you know in this dark place and you know what what we did we kind of just just spun that and thought you know what fuck that we we want this thing we want to have this this visit and we want to become this this animal this wolf and you know this, this powerful creature and actually use it to as a positive so so yeah and i think it, it gives um it almost destigmatizes men's mental health a little bit because it makes it something that men are passionate about and excited about so you know and that's that's what the the initial kind of uh you know become the wolf movement started as wasn't it yeah definitely that's great. And like I said, it's been, been really good, taken off nicely. Um, everyone just loves that kind of that wolf mindset. So, so let's, let's unpick that, I guess, take it a, a few kind of layers back to actually just mental health as a subject area and especially men's mental health. Um, we, we were discussing before we came on air that once we're out of this mess that the world currently finds itself in, we're likely to have a tidal wave of mental health issues that are a byproduct of, you know, everyone being stuck at home for so long. So kind of what was kind of the driver for you before all of this was it kind of purely rooted in your personal journeys or when you were kind of discussing things and you realized oh well it's not just me there's so many more people out there that could do with this kind of support like how did all that come about from a mental health point of view yeah so the well the legacy partnership came about um because rob and i did both have that that synergy in in interests and backgrounds but also that that passion for helping others who are similar to what we've kind of been through um, and the, the, the real positive, we, we kind of feel we have two kind of positive attributes in that one, we've, we've both been through that transformational journey from major mental health issues to coming out of the other side and, and knowing how to do that and to, you know, refine that happiness and, um, you know, that fulfillment in your life. So we had that as a, you know, as a, an opportunity to, to kind of share with, with other people. And then the, the second one was kind of, um, you know, our, our transparency. There's a lot of people who claim to be, be comfortable kind of talking about mental health, which is great. But what Rob and I really like to do is go that, that extra level and really be raw with it and make mental health accessible um men's mindset accessible and you know be be truly open about it and you know that that was one thing certainly that that helped me which was you know being so open and accepting of these these challenges that i found in my life you know really really opening my arms to that and, and welcoming those challenges in 
you know, that was one of the things that helped help kind of, you know, move move through those challenges and turn them into opportunities. So, uh, yeah, they, they were probably the, the underpinnings to where the legacy partnership kind of started, wouldn't you say, mate? Yeah, no, definitely. The only thing I'd sort of add on is um, obviously we're very open about it for me as well, that talking, because I was completely shut off. But, um, as Davey knows, when we first started sort of doing things, he's like, come on, just share your story a bit. You know, it's part of that kind of therapy. And it is. The more you talk about it, the more easier it gets, the more people resonate with it and it helps other people, gives value. Um, but then the only other thing I'd add on to it is just our sort of passion for that. Um, sort of again for my journey I've worked with people with mental health I kind of fell into it um, through the sports therapy side of things just happened to do some work with someone who was really suffering who was agoraphobic and things like that and again wanted to look even more into how the mind's working and how we can use exercise and different things to help not just the physical side but that kind of mental side to it um, and then there's just a big part of like David and I always say to people that you're not your diagnosis you know that you can get better. There are ways to do it. You don't have to, if you've been told you're depressed, then believe that you are the depressed person. That's it, that's it now for the rest of your life. There are things that you can do and these things can be done. All you've got to do is just teach them and just take that action on it. And we get really kind of passionate about that and just being like, look, just try it. Unless you try, you're never going to know. And there's a famous quote that we really love, that nothing changes if nothing changes. So we like, just take action, just try it. Try one thing, whether it's mental health, the exercise, the talk therapies, whatever it is, it's going to help in some form or another. Uh, Do you find that actually talking, whether it's professionally or whether it's actually just within your circle of friends, you almost give that unconscious permission to actually start the conversation? Because not so much that there's a a lack of willingness to address mental health, maybe within your close circles, but actually people, it's a fear factor. And, you know, before we, we've got this episode kind of put together, one of the things you guys said is, you know, we are really comfortable having uncomfortable discussions. And that almost feels like the biggest hurdle to get over is that kind of elephant in the room of, you know, how's the weather? How's your day been? How's the week going? And you just talk about anything other than actually the one thing that you inside are burning to talk about, but everyone just feels like they're treading on eggshells. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I think, um, you know, that, that didn't always, it didn't always come easily either. Um, you know, it is, it is a process kind of getting to a stage where, you know, having an open and frank discussion around, around your personal mental health, um, you know, it does, it does take time and it's, it's with the right people as well. So, you know, you might have groups of people that you talk to, work colleagues or, um, you know, friends of friends or whatever that you, you want comfortable open up to. But you will have that small group of, of family or friends who you do feel comfortable opening up, up to. And you know what? If it's, it's, it's kind of, uh, um, you know, you've, you've got to be brave. And, you know, we, we found that. I know, I know Rob and I have had that conversation where we, were, we did a podcast around um kind of talking about suicide um and something we were we were really really keen to do was um you know have a really difficult conversation about how to deal with suicide or suicidal thoughts um whether either you were having those suicidal thoughts or if you were you knew someone who was having suicidal thoughts and you know we we kind of had to kind of be brave ourselves with that and uh, you know that was a challenge but once we'd gone through that process and had that conversation between us um you know we we knew the next time that you know we were a lot more comfortable doing that and it was it was well received as well so yeah i think uh, you know being brave and um being being ready to acknowledge where you're at and, and being open and uh, is is a, a good place to start with that 
I was going to say, on, I was going to say, Rob, how did it feel for you? Because obviously, coming from a different part of the country, moving up north, kind of starting these conversations in perhaps a world you weren't traditionally hugely comfortable in. What was that like? Kind of new environment, new type of conversation going on, and actually then becoming a business as well. Like, did it all <laughs> kind of come together like that? Uh, yeah, it did come together. It was tricky. Like going back to Davey's um, story about us doing the podcast around um, suicide and suicidal thoughts and things. It was, we had a chat just before doing it. And I was, to be honest, I was against it at first because I was in that category of, oh, we can't talk about these things. Oh. And this was when I was just starting getting used to opening up and talking more and talking about my own journey. And it wasn't until I think I sent I think I sent you a message and going, do you know what? No, let's do it. Let's jump on it and we'll just go through it. So we kept it open. So it was us just having a chat and I openly admitted I wasn't too comfortable about talking about it. But as you go through it, it got a lot, um, you get a lot more comfortable. And it was like, but it's a we needed to talk about it. That's the that was the main thing. It was like, okay, it's uncomfortable, but that's why we have to talk about it and we need to do more around it. Um and then yeah, so moving up here and things, you know, I was quite comfortable moving up here. I'm one of these people I like. I love love this area, um, part of the country. I'm happy to move around. I've traveled, I've you know, I take off my mum. My mum's the same, she'll live anywhere and experience anything. Um the hardest bit was opening up a bit more. I know Dave and I have actually got two different stories on this one, so I'm sure he'll bring up his one in a bit. Um, when I mentioned it to my friends, like, oh, do you know what? Actually, when I was back in Essex, I was suffering and thought I'd try and talk to them about it. Um, and they all just kind of went, yeah, I knew. Like, my close friends just knew. They're like, yeah, we knew. We just, that's why we stayed close to you and kept an eye on you and made sure things were okay. I know Davey's got a complete different story about it because they were quite accepting, whereas his wasn't, so which uh, I'm sure he'll delve into. But yeah, but then like you said um, as well, Kevin, you know, what, the more I spoke about it, I now actually have other close friends or people I haven't even spoke to for God knows how long will drop me a message and openly just start talking about their mental health and things now, which is great because I've opened up, which means that they now feel comfortable that they can kind of talk about it and open up about it and things. Um, but yeah, I'm sure David, you wanna, you should tell them about your story. I think before I do that, Kevin, one of the, the main reasons Rob found it so easy to talk to me about his story was that I can't understand anything he's saying because of his exactly. accent. <laughs> <laughs> oh. but yeah, but um, yeah, so so my my kind of situation was a little bit uh, little bit different to Rob's in terms of the accepting around kind of mental health and physical changes I'd seen. Basically, my my whole background prior to becoming morbidly obese was and having mental health issues was I, I was kind of very I was an elite athlete um so basically I, I sat my a couple of, of friends down um and said you know I'm, I'm suffering with these issues um I'm going to work through them or start to work through them and I'm going to go and uh you know I've got ambitions to help other people um and and their immediate response was oh have you done this because you want to start a business in this so rather you know they, they saw it as a kind of a uh, a means to an end rather than no I'm, i've actually just got i'm actually just suffering suffering from depression and i'm morbidly obese uh so yeah it was definitely a different conversation to um you know we're, we're here for you we've got lots of support for you that sort of thing it was more of a oh well that doesn't that's completely different from from your background um you know what what's actually going on here so yeah very different did you find, I guess, for both of you that it's it's such a, a 
traditionally difficult area if you like because we're of a generation where obviously because of things like social media and things like that it is easier to kind of spread these kind of messages but actually do you think we're of that generation that we're the trailblazers if you like because if you talk to the generation before us you know i know about like rob your experience with your dad but my dad it'd be i'm right yeah i'm fine and that would be yeah. it. That's what you're getting. And uh, we did, um, I recorded it recently. We did a review show of the last year and uh, got some listeners on to ask questions. And one of the guys came on, I know reasonably well, and he said to me, who would you interview, um, like dead or alive? And I said, I'd really be interested to go back and interview my dad, but I don't know if he would have the ability to answer the questions that I would now ask because I'm in that space and I've moved forward, I guess, in line with these kind of programs that you're offering and actually are more comfortable with it. But I think we're not in a minority, but we're of a generation almost removed from the last one. I don't know what your thoughts are collectively on that. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm getting yeah, with you for, uh, with the dad thing. My, my dad was, uh, or a lot of, lot of what my mum thinks are mine and my brother's issues and hangups that we've had. And like I say, when I've had my own coaching and I actually used to train a hypnotherapist and she wanted to do some free sessions because she used to always pick up things, um, which was quite interesting. And they all think that a lot of the stuff I've like around my limiting beliefs and things that I've worked through and still work through now come from him because he was of that generation of, he wouldn't really, particularly, he wouldn't tell you, well done he wouldn't tell you that you love like we'd go and compete and you know we've competed as uh swimmers and uh played squash for the county all these different things you come back tell him like, oh, dad, I won, I won, I won. and you just kind of look at you nod and go okay yeah whatever and that was it so like we're always trying to fight for fight for that attention um and then if you did try and ever attempt to talk to him about any kind of emotional thing it was a complete shut down shut off ignore you um which is probably what like my wife always says to me she used to always go you've got no emotions and my mum's like it's his dad gets that from his dad <laughs> things um, so yeah so it does you know it, it, so we are completely different but where now like you said we've got social media um is a lot easier for us and we are even though it's still tough for people to talk about but there's more awareness around it which is the which is a good thing so it is a lot easier for us to kind of start talking about it a lot more um i think but yeah my my dad was definitely in the same with your generation there's a lot of uh if I could have a chat with him now about it, I think it'd be quite funny. <laughs> so, what about you, David? No, definitely. Yeah, definitely. I think I think that's why we kind of see our role. It, you know, it's it's so important for us to to all continue to to work towards developing this kind of more open dialogue around around men's mental health. And um, you know, I'm I'm sure that over time that that previous generation, or, or hopefully in over time that previous generation might actually kind of be comfortable themselves opening up and, and talking about their their challenges perhaps maybe that's ambitious but um you know in in for, for our role yeah definitely being that that trailblazer is something that i think you've uh, you've nailed it there kevin definitely i think um <clears throat> i think back to probably about six months after i lost my dad and went for drinks with my dad's friends just to you know check in see how they're all doing and have a chat and i I just started going through some of the processes in terms of support. And one of the things I found was just telling them that they were like, Oh my God, really? And you're almost, you couldn't, they couldn't believe it or well, not. They couldn't believe it, but it was just like, I was quite open with it. And I think at that point, since I've spoken to any of them on an individual basis, they have been more open talking to me about yeah. it. And I think, yeah, it is that kind of unconscious permission thing, but you, you almost feel like certainly from our generation, we're, we're, 
we're fighting against the grain a little bit because traditionally this is not how these sorts of things are approached but it's you know we all have everyone you know everyone out there is going to lose somebody at some point and we all have highs obviously with our lives but we all have lows as well and actually there's nothing wrong with picking up your hand and saying i need help exactly that's it and that's that's exactly right you know we always, we always say you've got to you've got to you know we're, we're the feelings that we get we're meant to have they're there for a reason you know we can feel them it's how we kind of bounce back from them deal with them and cope with them and don't let them kind of take over us which is which is the important bit and you know you're definitely right with that we've got to be able to get people to be able to say I need a bit of help. I just need someone to talk to or whatever. You know, there's no shame in it. There's no shame in hiding it. Um, and that was a big thing. And again, I'll say from my side of it, I was one of those people that I used to just think there's nothing wrong with it. Like I said about when my dad died, I, I acted as if he never even existed after he died and things, just because that was obviously my way of putting a brave face onto it and things. Um, and it was, I was having this conversation with someone the other day. I've only just started obviously going through my own process and things now when I picture him I can actually picture what he was like before he died before he got ill and things like that was before that all I could picture was when I went to see him um like in his coffin and things like that and see him dead that was literally all the all the picture I could get off him so I would just shut it off I just literally in my brain would just go no he never even was sort of here whereas now going through this and actually openly admitting do you know what I had some issues around it I had some depression around it my friends luckily they knew so they were kind of keeping an eye on me anyway then when I went through my own processes now if I think back to him I can actually pull up these really nice memories of what we've had and and things like that so but you're definitely right the uh we call we call them dinosaurs don't we Davey we've uh we've, <laughs> come, we've come up against a few of them with uh with the work that we do as well especially the corporate side um you get a lot of the younger younger generation obviously now trying to get people like us in because they know that wellness is a big thing and mental health and things but then where you've got people sort of higher up they're obviously their bosses they're normally the ones that kind of go now nah, you don't need them in here we're fine just get on with it just shut up get on with the work and things so you definitely get that in uh, in all, all aspects of life i think now question them for for davey just to bring this out a little bit let's say we've got somebody listening out there who can go oh I, you know i'm having a rough time at the moment or yeah maybe something happened a year ago two years ago um that i don't think perhaps i've dealt with what does that process actually look like of support because some people seem to think that it's you know super clinical there's just one way of doing things and if that's not for me then that's it and it couldn't be any further from the truth could it yeah no no you're completely completely the opposite um i mean for my my personal story my clinical journey made me gain 70 pounds and it was when i came off medication um and looked to a to a different route that's when the actual the positive changes started to to to, to happen um so my my all, all, always my go-to answer for this for anybody who's uh similar redundant lost someone um in a in a dark headspace the, the thing that that grounds me every day and it, it has for the since January 2018, so kind of nearly two, three years now, is is gratitude. So the the immediate response to that question is, you know, um, what do you have at the moment that you you are grateful for? And the thing that I always always bring myself back to, it's my wife, my cat, my dog. If I've got those three things, nothing in this world can can kind of come into our our little happiness bubble. Almost, we can be in any house, we can drive any car. Can be any job. I've got those three things. 
um, in my life, then I'm in a, a really, really good position. Um, so that would be kind of the first thing, you know, what, what's going well for you at this moment in time? Um, you know, do you have a, and you can break that down. Do you have a roof over your head? Yes. Do you, uh, if you don't have that, do you still have access to food? Yes. Okay, great. Um, you know, and you can really break it down as, as, as low as you can to find that, that tiny grain of positivity to then build on. And then the second part of that is once you have found that, that gratitude, that, that gratefulness for something, you know, can you see the, the road ahead rather than a, as a, you know, as a challenge, as a, a massive problem, you know, can you see it as an opportunity, you know? So when I woke up on kind of January 1st, 2018 with, being more, my morbid obesity, my, uh, my depression and my redundancy kind of staring me in the face. The, the thing that got me through was being gra grateful for my wife, my dog, my cat, and then reframing those three things as an opportunity to shape the body I want, to refine my kind of happiness and fulfillment, and to create a business rather than a job that, you know, I'm so, so passionate about. And um their strategies you, you know you can just learn those techniques you can implement them yourself um and uh you know that that's definitely a route that that we kind of advocate rather than definitely you know that that clinical route for sure i think that's interesting you pick that up and it's quite timely um although obviously this goes out a bit later me and rob were pinging emails backwards and forwards you know back end of last week when we effectively all got told oh by the way there's no christmas this year and immediately you could see that split of how people kind of perceived yeah, it, processed yeah. it and dealt with it in the, some of them, you know, outrage and frustration and anger, which, you know, is of course natural, but actually, you know, we were saying on the emails, you know, right, well, got two weeks, going to do this, going to do this, going to make the best yeah. of this, got this time at home instead of driving around everywhere. So actually I'm going to make most of that. Yeah. And it's kind of it, the reframing thing is huge. And I've, I've found that fascinating that coming at it from the sports world where I spend a lot of time, actually that's something that you see successful sports people do but then you actually start looking into other areas and you know i was interviewed a few pilots in the last few seasons um done a really interesting interview with a, a netflix producer who talked about her journey and actually their ability to reframe massively challenging situations and find that shred mm -hmm. even if it is a tiny little thing and then go right well i've got that and i'm going to yeah. build from there I mean, what's that been like for you, Rob? Because obviously you've had some some interesting stuff with the sports background and then obviously all your coaching stuff as well. What's kind of been that process for you? Yeah, so reframing. Reframing is a big one. We love we love reframing, um, Dave and I do. It's one of our one of our tools we like to try and teach everyone. It's like anyone we speak to and things, it's um it's an amazing thing. So lots of different things I'd say for my my journey. My biggest one, uh, with my biggest reframe is what you was talking about, you know, getting that tiny bit of hope and trying to find something from it we call there's different types of reframing so obviously the listeners and things obviously the idea around reframing is we can't uh, change the event but we can change sort of the meaning and the context of the event that's, that's kind of happened um, and we can sort of change our uh, perception of it so the one i use when i'm trying to sort of explain it to people is i really like gratitude reframing it's kind of like davy's already mentioned gratitude and things and the power of gratitude um but it's a really powerful way of reframing if you can 
get your head around it because I know events happen and people tend to kind of go, well, how can I be grateful for anything from that? So my version of it is um, when I lost my dad, obviously it was the biggest event that's kind of happened to me. Um, you know, I'd do anything to have him back, have a day with him. I'm sure, you know, like you would, Kevin, as well, you know, just even spend an hour, 10 minutes or whatever would be, would be amazing. But for me, it was the way I kind of reframed it when looking back over it and I needed, when I was going through my journey, was that if that event didn't happen, he actually, when he was dying, he, he, you know, he, we got left some money and house and things like that. He said, you know, do something sensible and then do something you want to go and do. So I invested in getting a house and then I went traveling, which is like I always want you to do. I want you to go traveling and um, see different parts of the world and so on. And I went traveling and then I met who is now my wife. So the way I kind of reframe it is if it wasn't for that event, it wasn't for him, I actually wouldn't have met her. And then to make Davey feel a little bit better, because uh, he likes it when I add this bit in. She was actually went to his. She went to his school. So when we moved up here, she was like, "Oh, I think you should have a chat with um, Davey. He went to my school. He's got some similar um, sort of viewpoints as you, and the posts and things like that." So I went and obviously met up with Davey, and then we made the legacy partnership. So if it wasn't for that one event happening, I might not be down this route that I'm going down now, which I absolutely love and passionate about and things. So that's a big one for me um, in terms of explaining that kind of gratitude reframe or how you can take such a big event that you can't see anything good from it and actually turn it into something positive and, you know, something from that. Um, in terms of the sporting side, there is, I don't know if you've heard of it. David knows this story quite a lot. I love a thing called neutral mindset. I don't know whether you would have heard of it. Have you heard of a guy called Trevor Moad? He's a, he's a big sporting coach, like uh, coach of things. And his way with like reframing is kind of what we said when we was uh, having an email back and forth. Yeah, and when uh, I think you come out of it actually straight away was, uh, you know, focus on the things you can control rather than the things you can't control. Um, and a big part of his thing is this neutral mindset, which I love. And I think it really helps with mental health. He coined it around sports. And this is where I kind of used it in that as well. When you have fighters and they might be in the middle of losing a fight and then you need to get them to focus on rather than falling into that spiral, focus on the things you can just control in this moment. You know, you can step out and keep guard up. You can focus on certain techniques and movements and, and so on. But the idea of the neutral mindset is rather than always going to people, be positive, be positive, be positive, especially if you've got someone who's suffering with depression or something like that, like, Dad's just died, you got the epidemic, people are going crazy about the Christmas thing. And you're going, be positive, be positive. People are just going to tell you to kind of do one and, and whatever. But we don't want anyone to go into a negative spiral. So we don't want to be positive, we don't want to be negative. So we go for that neutral bit. So the idea of the neutral thing is go, right, what can you do in this movement, in this movement, so in, in this moment, to keep moving forwards? And it really works well with people suffering mental health. It works in the sporting world. It works in everything, business and so on. Because it could be, okay, what can you do in this moment? Well, I've lost my job. Um, you know, it's really bad. Okay, what can I do? Well, I could start looking for another job. I could update my CD, CV. I'll, I'll just do that now. Okay, now I've updated my CV. Well, I'll have a look for some things. Okay, I'll have a look for some things. Oh, there's something I might apply for. Oh, I could apply for that. So the idea is you're not thinking about trying to be positive or where it's going to go and take you. You're just doing what you can do in the moment in the now to stop you spiraling and ending up, you know, down this kind of, uh, this nasty rabbit hole that we don't want to get down. Um, so yeah, that's one I really like. And I found for in that kind of sporting world, it's just transitions into everything, sporting world, mental health, the corporate world, life, whatever it is you go through, go for that neutral mindset to keep pushing through. I know it's a bit of a long winded answer yeah. for you there, but uh, 
Can't I really like stories. it. <laughs> <laughs> I really like that. And I think, um, I mean, one of the groups I did, obviously interrupted by the, the pandemic, but I did a, a walking group locally for just people who have, have lost people and, and suffering through various aspects of their mental health. And one of the things that I found really interesting of it was the way that the leaders of that group talk constantly about reframing and not what you should or shouldn't do in terms of contextually saying you must do this or you must do this but just offering you like different viewpoints on things and actually then laying a seed for you to then take away and do stuff and one of the things they said was like what's one of been the, the big gifts of the pandemic to people who have been fortunate enough to not be personally affected by it whether that's through health or work or whatever it is and anyone who travels a lot will turn around and go time the yeah. value of time especially for people who spend time on the road. So, you know, previously to all of this, I'd probably be doing 2,000 miles a month of driving. Well, actually, that's a lot of hours. And actually, oh. suddenly it's like time back. So then you're like, I'm really grateful for that. Mm. And actually, but people, you know, in 20 years' time, 30 years' time, you know, our kids' kids will look back and go, oh, my God, that pandemic must have been awful and all this sort of stuff. And then you can sit there and go, well, yes, there was some absolutely horrible aspects to it, but actually – in your head you can go well actually i read 20 books that year and i started a business and i did this and i did that and i did that and i think it's just those little like baby steps but actually yeah. it sends it stops you on that spiral and it sends you in the right direction a little bit at a time in a manageable way because if you bounce from one to the other constantly it can get a bit unmanageable but having something where you feel like oh that was all right yeah little step like you said do my CV or update a bit of my CV and then tomorrow update a little bit more. And then before you know it, at the end of the week, you've done seven positive steps and you feel like you're in a better place than you were before. Exactly. I think, I think it's really interesting. I love that. Love that point, Kevin, about um, how you've used, used the pandemic or, or reframe the pandemic. And I think you can tell a lot about an individual's um, kind of mental state in a way when you you do ask them about you know how how are you finding the pandemic at the moment or how, how have you been that sort of thing and you know if if they're very um if they're struggling you know they, they can't see those those positive opportunities in the pandemic um and, and obviously you know it, it goes without saying that there's lots of negatives that the coronavirus has brought obviously um but you know something that that I love a game was that, you know, what, what can you control in this, this setting? What have you gained back? And, um, you know, you've sounds Kevin, like you've been productive, lots of books read there, lots of, uh, podcasts done and, uh, courses done things like that. Sounds good. Well, we wouldn't have been having this conversation. And I think, yeah. you know, in 10 years time, naturally we probably would have got to zoom and teams and all these other things, but actually yeah. the, the level of connection we've made, in a very short space of time. I mean, I, I work in the swimming world and we had a guy who sorted out a coach's network, like a mailing list and said, oh, once a week I'm, during this lockdown, while there's not a lot going on, we're just going to get all coaches from around the world coming on basically a Zoom call. And I remember like within a week, we had like an Olympic champions coach in Australia on a call with a hundred coaches from around the country that would normally be like a two day conference that would cost a fortune. Everyone was yeah. still staying at home and you came off it like, they're onto something here but then yeah. actually it's like right now apply that mentality to every aspect of your life you know i've been facetiming my gran you know yeah. <laughs> it's like could you imagine having that discussion two years ago and yeah there were probably pockets of it here and there but actually this year has allowed so much connectivity and for what you guys mm. do and actually bringing that kind of message to the listeners and the viewers and everyone out there who could be struggling right now in, in some aspects of their life that's a hugely powerful thing that you're doing so it's exciting 
Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Like, and, no, like, same, same, sorry, mate. I was going to say, same like you had with uh, people connecting in and things like that. We've, we had that as well with uh, right at the beginning of the, the pandemic and things. We got asked to come in and just before it happened, we, we was lucky enough to get asked to be a keynote speaker. So we went off and actually done a keynote speak uh, talk, which was really nice. And then literally as we was coming back from that, you could see like the pandemic was kicking in. Those trains were empty. All these sort of the week before, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was crazy, crazy time. And then that same company, when this kicked off, you know, jumped on the bandwagon straight away and messaged us and just said, can you come in and do an international training? And same sort of thing. Yeah. So we jumped on the Zoom for the first time. Yeah. ever with over 100 odd people from their company in all different pockets of the world and and like you said it was an amazing amazing thing to be able to like right that's it now now we can connect with these people which you could do anyway but like you said the pandemic's brought that out that people now realize oh actually i could have been doing this ages ago i could be connecting with america australia all these all these places and people so yeah it's an amazing thing sorry to interrupt you no i was just going to say like picking up on that positive thread there what does the next 12 months look like because we're obviously <clears throat> perhaps in a lot more of an optimistic place than we were maybe six months ago but actually now you've got all of this this network and this ideas and you're off and running and all these things are going well what does the future look like for you guys what are the ambitions with the legacy partnership but also for yourselves what does the future hold well for the the, the company so for the legacy partnership i think it's very much kind of con- continue doing what we're doing we're starting to make some some good strides and to we're starting to kind of have some good positive conversations with with men around their, their mindset and mental health which is is great um you know as in terms of kind of where we're at we, we've started to work internationally which is great we'd love to do to do more of that uh, that definitely came kind of quicker than expected definitely uh, but again you know because of the pandemic we went from kind of um you know a national company to have worked in every continent um you know over the, a period of kind of six weeks it, it, re- it happened really quickly so definitely kind of you know continue that kind of growth internationally i think is uh, you know something that's quite exciting um and poses different challenges as well but um you know we we love love you know podcasting getting to know people speaking open and honestly about kind of men- mental health the challenges that are faced and uh, you know being as transparent as possible so so very much kind of more more of the same rob i don't know if you've got any other ideas no, 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 that's exactly, exactly it. You know, we just want to reach as many people as we can. And like we said, the pandemic is as horrible as it is, but Reframe It has given us that platform to be able to do that. And it's given people that platform now to realise they can connect with all these different people. Um, so I think for us, it is that. It's just that getting a bit more international. We've got see our masterminds we run. We do these other little events that we have going on. Um, and I think it's just in the, the big picture is just to reach as many people as we can shout about men's mental health. And also the big thing about us, which I mentioned at the beginning is that passion around you're not your diagnosis. You know, we are out here to help you. There's other people out there to help you. If you listen to us, you listen to someone else, it doesn't matter. Just do something, take some action on it, you know, work on it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so obviously we'll include links to the website and social media and all those sorts of things in the show notes and in the the show follow-up. But if you kind of had to look back, obviously it's been a very interesting 12 months, but perhaps all the way from the start of your journey personally into where you are professionally now, what would be kind of that one takeaway message you'd say to both guys and girls out there that are listening to this going, maybe actually I should pay a bit more attention to my mental health or I don't I didn't even know these sorts of things existed and I'd like to find out more. What would be like your one message to people out there? I'll start with Davey. I'll put you on the spot. 
<laughs> yeah. So, so though you know, I'm, I'm coming at this. If if you're you're maybe feel, struggling a little bit, um, you know, if you're you're feeling maybe low, um, reaching for for the cupboard a little bit, similar to kind of what I was. I definitely think that you know, being being really aware of those feelings, why you might be might be feeling like that. And and then it's yeah, it is taking that action and taking that positive steps. And my 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 whole message, my my big thing is that that gratitude and, and being kind of really aware of of something positive that's going on in life in your life that you can really acknowledge. Um, you know, it can be could be a cat. Mine's my cat, my dog, my wife. Um, you know, it could be anything. It's, it could be a pet uh, pet fish. You know, whatever whatever you've got going on. You know, really just be thankful and. Be grateful and then use that as a springboard to to take more positive action and to start to kind of progress your uh, yourself forward. But it's definitely, um, you know, it's it's definitely people sometimes think that there's there's no no option, as in, you know, you, there's there's no way to make positive progress. There definitely is. We just need to kind of start with that self awareness and then uh, you know really reflect on the positive things that are in your life. And you know that's that's a pretty good start. Awesome. And then Rob, what are your thoughts? Um, I would go with, I think my one is uh, one of my mantras that I have every day, which is 1% every day is something that I always say. And the idea around it is, so, you know, if you're struggling uh, or wherever you are in, in your journey um, and so far is look to improve that 1% every day because it's easy, it's manageable rather than people, you know, you get these people that just go, right, come on, you just got to get on with it. You know, we need to be from here to here by now, but that 1%, whether it's you want to read that bit more, whether you've 1% on taking action on looking at a website that's around mental health, whatever it is that you're trying to do, personal business life, you know, relationships, work on improving 1% every day because over time, when you look back at that, that's just going to keep building up and building up and building up and people that do struggle with things like anxiety and stuff like that, that, that kind of those fear of the unknown and those what ifs, that 1% is is manageable, it's easy, it's only going into that stretch zone rather than that uncomfortable zone and it will slowly build up and build up and over time you'll look back over that year or whatever it is and how much has changed in your life. Brilliant. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time today, gents. It's been really insightful and hopefully made a lot more people out there aware of a subject that definitely needs more light. Yes, thank you. Hey, Kevin, thanks so much for having us. We appreciate it. A big thanks again there to Davey and Rob for sharing some great insights with us. The final thoughts there of being grateful for something every day, finding the positives, working on the 1% changes and using that as a springboard for 2021 something I know all our listeners can take away and turn into actions. For the podcast and looking forwards, we've got some really exciting episodes coming up over the coming weeks. Make sure you're signed up to the monthly updates and you'll get exclusive behind-the-scene insights from our podcast guests, as well as a host of other useful pieces of information, including book reviews and signposting to other podcasts that we think you might like. Coming up next week, we speak to former international basketball player, UK coaching coach developer and West Ham coach Jenny Cody. She's the epitome of thinking outside of the box and we are certainly looking forward to sharing that discussion with you. Until next week, thanks for joining us for the Rogue Monkey podcast.